Well, we want to welcome you this morning. So glad you were able to join us on Facebook today. Trust you've had a great week and things are going well for you. Uh, what a great week we have had as well. The kingdom of God is incredibly having an advancement every single moment. Hey, listen, just a couple of things just to get out of the way before we get any further down the road. We just want to remind you that um, our small groups begin this week. Uh, we love small groups here at Summit. It is really the way that God has designed for us all to grow together, to grow together as we grow in Him. So we invite you to check out our website for all of the small groups that are available to you and uh, get involved in one. I really do encourage you to do that. It will be a blessing to you and a blessing to others. We grow in circles, not in rows. Another thing I just want to let you know we're going to be having a water baptism uh, in two weeks, October 18th. If you'd like to be a part of that water baptism, you feel that this is the time for that in your life, we encourage you to call the office, call the Summit Church phone number. We'd be glad to put you on the list, and we're going to have a good time. That'll be a Sunday evening. We'll be doing that in the ocean. So, hey, listen, let's jump into the Word this morning and have a little bit of a conversation. We've been talking about position for purpose and how God uses our lives and positions us strategically at the right times, at the right place for a great move of His Spirit through us and from our lives. Uh, just as a review real quick, first, um, excuse me, week one, we talked about the book of Ruth, and we've been kind of sticking in that wonderful book and talking about week one, how uh, Ruth discovered her purpose once she left um, her native country that she was raised in, and she began to trust the Lord uh, for his purpose in her life, but it took a step of faith. In week two, we got together and we talked about how God uses everything we've been through. And as she walked with Naomi in that strategic relationship back to Bethlehem, which means the house of bread, that she found her purpose. And last week, we again talked in the book of Ruth about how this major disruption that came in her life, the loss of her husband and moving from one location to another, actually was in the plan of God for something much greater than she could have ever imagined. And so today, today we want to continue that. And I believe we need to realize that God's doing the same thing today. Uh, we talked about how there was a disruption even in Ezekiel's time. Uh, he prophesied uh, literally to a valley of dry bones. He had in a vision that God gave him. And as he prophesied to this valley of dry bones, there was a rattling that took place, a disruption, if you would. And suddenly these bones begin to come together and form a great army. I do believe that God is doing that in this hour. In all the disruption that's taken place, there is a rattling. There is a sound of God's army coming forth in the land. And that it is just a matter of time as we begin to see the glory of the Lord, as, as the prophet said, it would be covering the earth as the waters. And so we embrace disruption, not run from it. And out of it is coming some great things. In fact, Last week, we just celebrated Baldwin Praise, and we saw more than 20 pastors and churches come together in Baldwin County, something that hasn't happened in many, many years, perhaps decades, when we came together and we prayed. Why did this happen? Because there was a major disruption, and the pastors began to realize it was time for us as churches 
to not look at our differences, but look at our strengths, which is in Jesus Christ. And so today I want to just tell you that Ruth, um, as we be, before we get into really the meat of the message, she left her homeland, even left her spiritual roots. You know what those roots were? Uh, her spiritual roots that she was familiar with was the worship of a god named Moloch. It was a very hedonistic god. It was a bronze statue that they would put fire underneath uh, the statue, and it was the statue basically made like a, a chimney, if you would. And they would burn fire, and and then they would sacrifice little children onto the wood of the sacrifice underneath this god named Moloch. And it was their way of, if you would, easing their conscience of the sinfulness that they had fallen into, the immorality that they had fallen into. We don't have Moloch today, but I will say that we have what we call abortion. And in all of the soberness of my spirit and heart, I come to you today and I ask you, let us consider the blight that is upon our nation through the the thing called abortion. Did you know there's 99 abortions that take place in our country in one hour? 23, more than 2,300 abortions per day, which is like almost 17,000 abortions a week. That is unimaginable. It makes the pandemic and the loss of life, which is, you know, tragic, it makes it look minuscule compared to the amount of young little lives that have been snuffed out of the womb. And so we cannot as a church sit back and do nothing about it. We must do something. We must raise our voice. What is, what is the options? Well, in Planned Parenthood, for every 81 abortions they do, they only make one recommendation for adoption. Adoption is one answer, one option. Another option I would like for you to consider is to join us on October 22nd for a virtual banquet. Uh, it's, we're really embracing the Women's Medical Care Center here in our area. And they reach out and give alternatives to anyone that is uh, pregnant. Any young lady that's a pregnant, they can go there. They have a place in Gold Shores. They have a place in Robertsdale. They can go there and they can get a uh, sonogram. They can uh, be given gifts and help and support and resources to help them bring about a, a baby, even helping them get adopted. And so we want to support that. So please uh, try to make that a part of your schedule in a few weeks. And I think that'll be a blessing as well as praying about the Supreme Court justice nominee, as that too is another major um, pinpoint in which God is going to be able to use to, I, be, I believe, eventually turn over the Roe versus Wade blight upon our nation. So keep those two things in prayer and be a part of that if you can. Well, let's jump into our message for just a few minutes this morning. We've been talking about position for purpose, and I want to give you a few characteristics of people who have purpose. As, again, a form of review, we learned last week that people, God's people are familiar with rattling. They're familiar with disruption. 
We know as well characteristics of God's people who are positioned for purpose, that they've learned how to become fluid. That it's not just good enough to become um, a, a rigid person, that you have to be flexible and you have to allow God to use you in incredible ways. And sometimes it doesn't really fit into your schedule. Number three, and we want to jump into this this morning, God's people that um, uh, are being used by the Lord in a position for purpose have learned how to guard their heart. They've learned how to guard their heart. It says to us in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, in the New International Version, guard your heart for everything, not a few things, but everything you do flows from your heart. Guard your heart. It's important to make sure that your heart stays pure and clean and righteous and holy and available for um, the voice of the Lord to speak into it. This is a tragic verse I want to read, but it is an example of what I'm talking about, a person who did not guard their heart. It was Naomi in the book of Ruth, chapter 1. Naomi, even uh, when she comes back home, she comes back from, from Moab and she enters back into her hometown. She says, even if I thought there was still hope for me, it is more bitter for me than for you. She's speaking to Ruth. She's talking about how she's, she's become bitter and she's recognizing it. And in fact, it goes on to say that when she came home to her hometown, uh, in verse 19, it says this, that they both went until they came to Bethlehem. And when they had come to Bethlehem, all the city was stirred because of them. In other words, they, they were so excited to see uh, Naomi again. She's been gone for years. She comes back and they, uh, the women look at her and they begin to talk to her and they say to themselves, is this Naomi? Is this, is this Naomi? This isn't the Naomi that we used to know. The Naomi we used to know was pleasant, was friendly, was, was very uh, uh, gregarious, fun to be around. But this isn't the Naomi we used to know. She's been changed. And Naomi says to them, I believe almost in a harsh, um, hard way, she says to them, do not call me Naomi, but call me Mara. In other words, don't call me pleasant. I'm not pleasant anymore, but I'm Mara. I'm bitter. That's what Mara means. I'm bitter. I'm a bitter person. For the Almighty has dealt with me bitterly, and he has afflicted me. She's blamed God for all of her bad things that's gone on. Isn't that exactly what happens in our lives if we don't guard our heart? How many people have you know? Maybe yourself have found yourself in a very situation, a hard place, a place that, that, that no doubt has been a disruption in your life. And, and maybe there's been tragedy. Perhaps there's been death. Perhaps there's been loss. And yet, because you did not guard your heart, you found yourself hardened. The joy isn't there like it used to be. The song is no longer to be heard. The laugh, the, the fun-loving person that perhaps you used to be is gone. You've become not Naomi, you've become Mara. You've become, you know, almost unrecognizable, like Naomi had come become. In fact, when she talked to them, they didn't even recognize the same person. 
She, her perspective had changed. She used to be a person of hope. She lost her hope. She had now become very critical. She used to be very gracious and merciful. And, and now she questions everyone's motives. Everyone's out to get her. Everyone wants to take advantage of her. And she's become that hard person. Totally unlike she used to be. And this is what happens when we do not guard our heart. I challenge you as a, a friend, as a pastor, to guard your heart, to not let bitterness, to not let anger, to not let, and do not accuse God for bad things that may happen. Why do we accuse God anyway? I mean, why, why doesn't the devil ever get blamed for anything? I mean, he's the one that's behind it all to begin with. God does nothing but good. And so she, she's just changed, and she is a different person. I challenge you, I encourage you, I admonish you, I adjure you to be a person who's thankful. It was Jim Moore, he was a, uh, a pastor in Houston, Texas, and a 26-year-old young lady came to him one day with tears in her eyes running down her cheeks, and she said, Pastor, she said, my husband just died. He was a farmer. He just died just a few days ago. She says, I have, a, I have three children, all under the age of five. My husband's gone. One day he's with us, the next day he's gone. And my heart is broken in two. And she says, Pastor, what am I going to do? And they talked for a few minutes, and finally the pastor said, Sweetheart, God's with you. And it's like a light went off. And she said to him, she said, Pastor, I know what I'm going to do. She said, I am not going to let this situation make me bitter, but I'm making a decision that I'm going to let this situation make me better. And isn't that what the gospel does? Isn't that what Jesus does? Isn't that what he, he, the everlasting loving Father does? He makes us better in a situation that could make us bitter. So let your situation, let the adversity, let the challenge, let the disruption that's come into your life make you a better person, not a bitter person. It was, um, it was um, Hudson Taylor, the missionary, the founder of the China Inland Mission many years ago that had a sign in his home. And it had two Hebrew words on it. One was the Hebrew word Ebenezer, and the other was the Hebrew word Jehovah Jireh. Ebenezer means this, the Lord has brought us safely thus far. And Jehovah Jireh means the Lord will provide. In other words, looking back, we see all that God has done and been faithful to us. And looking forward, Jehovah Jireh, the faithfulness that God will be in the future. Those are two great attributes of a great woman and man of God. And fourthly, we see that people of God many times become the very things that they have experienced. Disruption. Disruption would define the season that we're in, wouldn't it? <laughs> we have had disruptions of all makes and sizes. And it seems like as soon as one disruption is over and while we're still in the midst of one, there comes another disruption. And 
And it's almost a joke right now, right? It's just almost hilarious, all the disruptions that we've seen. The word disruption really means the act of tearing asunder, ripping apart. But I believe sometimes it is good and it's healthy for there to be disruption. Listen, Amazon came on the scene, totally disrupted the entire retail business. Facebook came on the scene and disrupted the entire social atmosphere of our society. Uber came on the scene and totally disrupted the way we are transported around uh, the country. Uh, VRBO came on the scene, totally disrupted how people typically did vacationing. I'm telling you, there are times when disruption can take us absolutely to another level and be healthy for us in many aspects. Disruption in your life can take you to another place. And look at this. It causes you to become that which you are experiencing. In other words, you yourself have the capability now to become a disruptor. You're a disruptor. A disruptor of the kingdoms of darkness. God has put inside you a spirit now to come against things that are wrong and are unjust and unrighteous. And he's put inside of you this, this tenacity because of what you've been walking through to be a disruptor. Isn't that what Jesus was? Jesus was a disruptor. I wrote these things down. He disrupted darkness and gave us light as he was in the Father in Genesis chapter 1. He disrupted the law and gave us grace. Galatians chapter 3. He disrupted sin and gave us salvation. Romans chapter 10. He disrupted death and gave us life. Romans chapter 6. He disrupted time and gave us eternity. John chapter 1. Jesus was a disruptor. And here's the good news. We are made in his image. And if he's a disruptor, guess what, guess what that makes you? That's right. You are a disruptor. Go ahead and turn to your neighbor if you have one, sit beside and tell him, hello, Mr. Disruptor. Hello, Mrs. Disruptor. Because that's really what we are. We become that which we've walked through. We learn to be a disruptor ourselves. Recently, you saw that our uh, new building that we had just closed in, and it's just a beautiful uh, thing. We were heading down the road of building the platform and and uh, just be back into that building in just a matter of months uh, and move into our new building, and we were disrupted. Maybe you've seen a picture of that, of the back end being ripped off and crushed uh, by the storm that we went through. And so you could say to yourself, oh my goodness, what a tragedy. This is terrible. Oh my goodness, what are we going to do now? But let me say, I listen, you've been around this long enough. You know Romans chapter 8, verse 28. All things work together for good to those that love the Lord, called according to his purpose. And so it isn't like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do now? No, 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 no. It is, oh God, now how are you going to use this to glorify yourself and your, expand your kingdom? And so now we got this big old hole in the in the in the building and, and it's getting fixed and we, we we got people looking at it and they're they're gonna fix it. We're on well on the way of getting that taken care of. People call up, get a phone call. Hey, we got we got um, supplies, we got all sorts of things, soap, detergents, things like that, uh, truckloads, semi-truckle, pallets full of, of water, things like that. Can you use them? We can't find any place to store them. Come on. 
Bring them. We got a big old hole. We got a warehouse. <laughs> Bring them on. We'll we'll go put them right in there. And 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 then another phone call. Hey, we got we got all sorts of other things and and and, and I don't have time to name all these other things. Bring it on. Come on. We'll unload them. We'll put it. We got a big old warehouse now. And so God is using something that the enemy meant for evil to actually give us a platform to help people in a time of crisis. So now we have disrupted the kingdoms of darkness. We have become the very thing we've experienced. Oh, come on now. That's good stuff right there. That's good stuff right there. And let me just go on. And and, and lastly, let me just say this and we'll finish up. Uh, The people that God is building uh, with purpose are people that make multitasking their lifestyle. Like, what? Make multitasking your lifestyle? I can't even chew gum and walk at the same time. I I, I sure can't be a multitasker. What's that have to do with anything? Well, if you look at the book of Nehemiah, you'll find that God found this group of people who were living in Jerusalem, but the walls had been torn down. They were not safe. They were not protected. The entire identity of their past was destroyed. And Nehemiah walks into the city, a great leader as he was, with with a prompting from the Lord to do something about this. He challenges the people, let's rebuild the walls. Well, there was enemies around them. Samballot was one, and others, Tobiah, and there. They, they, they said, no, you're not going to do that. We're not going to let you. And you can't anyway. And even if you did, one of them said, even if you built it, you're so weak, it would be such a weak wall, a fox could walk on top of it and ball fall down. And, and if you do try to build it, we're going to destroy it anyway. And we're going to destroy you in the process. And they threatened. They were filled with threatens, threats. And so the people of Jerusalem who were trying desperately to rebuild this wall, now they have got all this disruption around them and threats from the enemy and their hearts are filled with fear. Nehemiah realizes that. He says, okay, here's what we're going to do. You're going to carry a sword in one hand, basically, and a hammer in the other. We're not going to let the disruption, the lies, the threats, Stop what God has intended to do. We will, we will build, and if we have to stop for a moment from building, we will fight. And then when we're done fighting, we will pick up the hammer and we'll continue to build. Boy, what a beautiful picture of God's people, of the church in this hour. We will not stop building the beautiful glorious kingdom of God. We will not stop declaring the goodness of God. We will not stop pointing people to Jesus. We will not stop praying for people's marriages to be salvaged. We will not stop helping people come off and out of drugs and out of uh, a lifestyle that's destroying them. We will not stop. Uh, But if we have to take a moment and we have to address the issues around us, we will. But then we will come back and rebuild the kingdom of God. I love what God said in Judges chapter 7 to Gideon. He came to Gideon. He goes, look, my hand's on you, son. And Gideon's like, you're kidding me. I, I, you can't use me. I'm a nobody. He goes, no, I'm, my hand is all over you, and I have a purpose for you. He goes, what are you talking about? I'm from the tribe of Manasseh. In other words, I'm, of the, I'm from the poorest state of the country, 
the least educated state of the country, and from the poorest county in the state of the poorest state of the country, and I am the poorest of the of the families of the poorest in the county of the poorest state, and I am the runt even of my own family. In other words, I am a nobody. You are talking to the wrong person. God goes, no. No, rise up, O man of valor. Mm. And basically what God began to share with him, he said, Gideon, I am going to destroy your enemy and I'm going to clothe myself with you. Think about that. I'm going to clothe myself with you, Gideon. That's what God said, was saying to him. I am going to fight the battle. I am going to do the work. I am going to bring down the strongholds that are coming against this nation. And I am going to clothe myself with you. And can I say this morning, as we get ready to close, that God is clothing himself with you. God is clothing himself with you. That is a powerful thought. And I want you to get that into your heart. That you're the God that, that you are moving. The Bible says, in him we live, in him we move, and in him we have our being. That we are spiritual beings having an earthly experience. And God is using you to touch neighbors, to touch family, to touch friends, to touch co-workers, to bring life, to be not a person that has become bitter, but a person that has become better in all of the disruption of your life. Let's have a word of prayer. Would you mind bowing your heads right now? And if you have never asked Jesus into your heart, I want to lead you in a prayer. I call it a salvation prayer. Would you repeat these words with me if you want to know Jesus as your Lord, as your Savior, Heavenly Father? I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I ask you to come into my heart and be my Lord. Thank you for hearing my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen, man, thank you for praying that prayer. If you've never asked Jesus into your heart, please contact us on our website. Let us know, hey, I just received Jesus as my Lord and our Savior. We're going to stay in touch with you, send you some things in the mail, and just be a blessing to you. Now, for everyone else watching, let me just say this to you this morning. God's hand is upon your life, and you have purpose. There is purpose all up inside of your life. God has clothed himself with you. And so I want you to rise up. I want you to take your place in this setting that God has put you in the middle of all this disruption. And I want you to allow God to make you better, not bitter. So one more prayer with you as well. Heavenly Father, this morning we guard our hearts. Forgive us, Lord, for murmuring, complaining. Forgive us for even being fearful from time to time. And we ask you, Heavenly Father, to help us become you in the earth. We ask you, Lord God, to see with your eyes, to move with your feet and work with your hands. Help us as you did with Nehemiah's 
people there, they worked with a sword and they worked with a hammer. Father, we, we grab the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, and we grab, Lord, our menial tasks that we do during the week and we combine them and, and we say, Lord, we're going to multitask. We're going we're gonna to do the natural things, but we're going to live in the Spirit. We're going we're gonna to be used by you. We're going to declare. We're going we're gonna to allow you to move through our mouth and, and we're going to allow you to prophesy through, through, our, through our tongue. We're going to allow you, Lord God, just to pray big prayers because we need big miracles in the earth and you're going to do big things because that's what you do and we receive that lord god we receive the challenge that you're giving us in this hour in the hour of disruption you positioned us for purpose and for that we're grateful and we give you all the praise we give you all the glory we give you all the honor in Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you can't make it with us and you can only make it by Facebook, we're so glad you're with us. But if you can make it, we do have services every Sunday, 9 o'clock and 11 at the Gulf Coast or the Alabama Gulf Coast Coast Music Hall. We call it the Big Red Barn, just north of 98 on the Beach Express. We'd love to have you there. Join us live. Listen, thank you for, again for joining us here on Facebook. We love you. Trust you're going to have a great week and go forth and be the hands and the feet of God this week. God bless you.